This is Offspin. But as a user, we should understand that the first thing to do is to avoid conflict of interest. When I ask a person to manage my money, that person should work only for me. Makes sense. That that person should not get commissions from somebody else, from my money, but through somebody else, and be governed by the profit and loss considerations of that person, of that entity. They should work only for me. That's that's all. There's nothing. Uh, it's as simple as that. Uh, so that is not the case uh, for mutual fund distributors. I'm not. I'm not saying all mutual fund distributors are bad. Uh, there are wonderful people. I I have uh, interacted with a lot of competent people over uh, these years. But as a uh, matter of policy, we are not paying them. Somebody else is paying them, and therefore that fits under the definition of conflict of interest. This is that Offspin original you've all been waiting for. It's time for Let's Get Rich with Patu. Hi guys, on this episode of Let's Get Rich with Patu, we take a little bit of a detour on what we've been doing all these episodes. Patu, how are you doing? Uh, we've been looking forward to this particular episode. We've been building up to it for a while. And before I reveal it, of course, how are you doing and what's up? I'm doing fine and I'm looking forward to the end of my semester. Oh, when is that? Uh, in a couple of weeks or so. All right. And then plans after that? Not much, but uh, <laughs> just take it easy a while, watch a lot of movies. Nice, and record some more episodes Yeah, maybe with us. Yeah. Right, so today's episode is all about, well, let's get rich with Patu up until this point, is all about becoming aware of this entire landscape of financial independence, planning for the future, planning for retirement, and what are the important things that you should be aware of. But when I talk about this show to my close friends, um, I often get the feedback saying, you know, this is all okay, but we are so busy in our personal lives that that we still need help. Uh, we want an enabler. I want that person I can call up and say, hey, what's up? What do you recommend? All right, go ahead and do this, right? People who want to focus on upskilling their lives, focus on their careers, focus on all the other things, spending time with family and not spend so much time on dealing with their own financial situation, right, Patu? Uh, so this episode is all about the entire landscape of professional help you can reach out to and the different facets of it. But Patu, let's dial back a few years. I remember you, there was a very tough part of your life when you were dealing with a tough situation with your dad, when you realized you need to take action and take control of a financial, the financial situation of your family. Was there any help that you could reach out to at that point? Um, my first ever mutual fund was through a mutual fund distributor. Okay. So he was also my health insurance uh, agent. So uh, I just asked him if he uh, dabbles in funds and he said yes. And therefore it is easy for me to get started that way. So yes, I, I did get help in that sense. And you knew him before that? Was it a relationship that had built over a few years? Uh, at that point in time, no. Now, we, we, I mean, I still have that health insurance connect, connect with him. But at that point, no, he was 
uh you know he was he was also young but i just wanted to get started and i didn't care where i invested at that point because all i had was very little to invest with fair enough so how does one lay out this landscape but where do we start with right if somebody has made a decision that look i'm about i'm ready to spend and get professional help who are the different players how does one start thinking about this process how do you start this entire episode so i think uh, first we we want to make it clear that personal finance is not rocket science it can be done on our own but uh, there are couple of considerations so if i'm a young earner and i want to start out uh, you know i've just started earning and i want to start money management it is always easy to start on a clean slate and uh, there's a lot of material available online uh, that prevents you from making the basic mistakes and you can get started on your own and diy but for many people um they would have spent about a decade or so earning and a decade or so investing saving tax buying this and that and so on most often those funds uh, those investments uh, funds whatever stocks they are rather uh, done in an unfocused manner uh, they just buy here and there and so on so it's like uh, having a closet full of clothes which are not folded not you know categorized and so on so for such people particularly uh, you would need an advisor somebody who come in have a look at your closet you know clean it up organize it put it back in a structured manner that is what a financial advisor does uh but the problem is that there are so many players in the market today that it's very difficult for people to even know who they should get advice from and uh, many people confuse financial advisors with people who sell products there are people who uh, sell products and get a commission from the product uh, manufacturer with our own money the commissions are taken from our own money but most people don't realize it so i made a list of the players in the market and the first is the health insurance agent we talked about this in the episode um although we can now buy health insurance directly from the insurer online um many people are still not capable of selecting health insurers many people still need some kind of help during claim processing etc so the health insurance agent is still of value today uh, but you should get it from a trusted person or a trusted entity uh, that the challenge is always going to be there that's why i tell people everybody needs to be a diy because even though you may not be a diy in your investments and your uh, financial decisions you still need diy skills to select the right person right so that part of diy should be there with everybody so the health insurance agent uh, is one person of course when i say agent it need not be an individual it can also be a, a portal it can be a, a corporate entity oh such as uh, online like insurancepundit.com uh, or something is that what you are referring to you have ditto you have um policy bazaar many people many po- ag- policy aggregators or whatever you want to call them right this is a bit of a disconnect but to because the first part of your suggestion was it's all about trust right and it's such an indian thing i should know this person i should trust this person even though i'm diy i've selected him based on these strategies and you know this information patu has given me and i trust that person and now he's going to help me you know select the but now you're saying you can also go to a portal where it's so it's there's no human interaction right so that's interesting for me that is where the online 
display of competence matters. Today you have uh, people who, who write content, content generators and you look at the portal or you look at a advisor's website and you look at the content that they have written, you look at their social media posts and you, that's the first uh, uh, way in which you look at the, their competence and you develop some kind of emotional connect or trust or whatever you want to call it. It is, uh, I mean, I, it, it's not foolproof, but that's all you can work with if you don't know the person personally. Sure. So health insurance agents, the next player are mutual fund distributors. They're also referred to as uh, AMFI, Association of Mutual Funds of India certified, AMFI certified mutual fund distributors. These can again be uh, individuals or entities. Then you have SEBI registered investment advisors. Now, these are the guys who uh, SEBI says you should seek advice when you want uh, recommendations on products, when you want a full financial plan done. So the SEBI registered investment advisors or the RIAs, registered investment advisors, they are the persons uh, we are looking for. Right. We will talk about them uh, in detail. So these RIS can be individuals or they can be again corporate entities. So a, a group of advisors working under a same company. Then you have robo advisors. The, so basically a piece of code which is uh, run on a front end. And these robo advisors can be registered with SEBI as an investment advisor or they can be a mutual fund distributor. Both wow. are possible. So you will have to be careful. These are all fine print. They will all be down in the uh, bottom, uh, right at the bottom, you know, where they, you know, write, just like you have an email and they write the unsubscribe in light gray button so that you don't see it. That's that's the kind of font it will be in. So you'll have to be careful about these. Uh, then, of course, you have Finfluencers. These are, uh, as of today, uh, not regulated. And uh, these are guys who operate with without any rules, uh, whether they get money from some um, company or not, they can just go on Twitter or uh, YouTube and say, uh, I am buying XYZ stocks and they'll say disclaimer. The disclaimer is of little value, but they'll just say, uh, uh, you know, buy, and there are a lot of people who follow them. Um, obviously, it's a bad idea to get financial advice from a influencer, but yeah. Uh, There's a lot have, going on in the news currently as well, right? But too, it's quite a discussion topic, it's, and it's very, very hard to. Uh, it's tough. It's very. Even, I mean, there's perspectives, yeah. right? Even if these influencers, uh, I guess they're coming from a very good place, and they've put in a lot of effort to create the followership. I mean, are we influencers, but too, or getting there, like, and as how does one no. draw the line? So, uh, a influencer is defined uh, in the usual sense as somebody. I mean, the, the, the name says somebody who influences financial decisions. And yeah, yes, probably we are influencers from that point of view, I hope. But uh, the usual definition is somebody who gets money from some uh, uh, company and ah. sells and pushes a product. Got it. So pu pushes a, a demand trading account. That's the most popular way of getting it because you get... You get commissions on that and you, as long as the person stays invested in the DMAT account, uh, you get, com uh, you know, trail commissions on that and so on. That's no different than uh, a cricketer coming up and modeling uh, on, on a, in an ad. Sure. So, yeah. that's the usual definition of the influence. Then you have some something known as, um, an entity known as a SEBI registered portfolio manager. 
So a SEBI registered portfolio manager is somebody who has to uh, get registered that way to run a portfolio management service. So this is like a bucket of stocks uh, that is given to some people. Of course, you need 50 lakhs or more to invest in a PMS, thankfully. Um, so these are, I mean, I mean, those are for high net worth individuals. Uh, 50 lakhs is not really that high net worth these days, but still. So just if I may interject here, and I'm, I'm being very careful after all the feedback from our listeners on when I interrupt you, Patu. So you're saying these SEBI registered, what did you say, portfolio managers are different from SEBI registered RIAs and is, is the only difference the 50 lakh benchmark or have I no. missed? The RIA is a person who gives advice on investment products and who okay. creates a financial plan for you. Yes. He's basically a financial planner. Most of the RIAs are financial planners. Uh, the portfolio manager is somebody who manages a basket of stocks or bonds, market securities, right? This is like basically a personalized mutual fund manager. A mutual fund is a trust and you have a manager running people's money pooled in and so on. But this is a private entity. This is a PMS. Okay. Right. Got it. The, the difference is in a mutual fund, when a mutual fund buys and sells stocks, they will not pay tax. Whereas okay. the PMS, you have to pay the tax. Right. Right. So. Uh, Interesting. But largely not kind of for our listeners, in a sense. The Hopefully, the yes. yes. Hopefully. But or maybe lakhs, some very wealthy people also listen to us. 50 lakhs is not that big a deal today. That's I true. mean, yeah. many people will cry and say uh, it, it is a big deal for them. But I know a lot more people for them, 50 lakhs is nothing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so portfolio managers. Then you have someone known as SEBI registered research analysts. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> these are people who can go on public media, television and recommend stocks, buy or sell recommendations on stocks. They can create research reports. They can also, uh, you know, curate a basket of stocks or ETFs. You may have heard of something called small case. That's the most pop yes. popular uh, stock uh, basket. So there are SEBI registered um, research analysts who run small cases. Of course, small cases are also run by SEBI registered RIAs. It's a web. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, the last guy, I hope the last uh, entity is the unregistered, unregulated entities who, you know, call, they just buy this uh, mobile number uh, uh, directories. They are available. Okay. You, they, leak, they leak mobile numbers and they'll just call, cold call the mobile numbers and say, I have stock tips for you. Uh, buy or they'll SMS or WhatsApp and say, uh, buy and sell recommendations and so on. And so these are... Um, a particular to be avoided. City. Yeah, naturally. A particular city in India is especially famous for this. I don't want to name it. But again, obviously, they are to be avoided. Yeah. Now, the problem here is that, okay, you can, you can, you can, it's very easy to avoid influencers. Get rid of influencers. You don't need SEBI registered research analysts. You don't need SEBI registered portfolio managers unless you want to invest in a PMS. Let's assume not. We don't want those unregistered stock tip wallas. You don't care. Then uh, that leaves you with a SEBI RIA and a mutual fund distributor. 
even today the sebi regulations are not clear about what a mutual fund uh, distributor can do or can't do uh, technically speaking they can't prepare financial plans do goal based uh, advisory and so on although many people do it yeah i so, i mean no fit personally uh, so it's a bit of a problem because uh, well there are pressures i mean the market regulator is not a independent entity people who have been in banking and financial services people who have been in mutual funds for decades they come up and run sebi at some point in time so there will be pressures it's not easy to delineate yeah. and so on but as a user we should understand that the first thing to do is to avoid conflict of interest when i ask a person to manage my money that person should work only for me makes sense that that person should not get commissions from somebody else from my money but through somebody else and mm -hmm. uh, be governed by the profit and loss considerations of that person of that entity they should work only for me and that's that's all there's nothing uh, it's as simple as that uh, so that is not the case uh, for mutual fund distributors i'm not i'm not saying all mutual fund distributors are bad uh, there are wonderful people i i have you know, interacted with a lot of competent people over uh, these years but as a uh, matter of policy we are not paying them somebody else is paying them and therefore that fits under the definition of conflict of interest are you saying the mutual funds are paying them part two yes through we using our money so before the nav is declared they take a chunk of our money keep a small chunk as for their expenses and profits and a small chunk is paid as uh, commissions to the distributors from the regular plan the direct plan does not some have this mutual fund distributors but to sorry to interrupt again who say clearly it's going to be 1% or 2% of i'm not sure of what but i guess the gains of a particular year is of that the how they typically value. work of the of market, the market value. Value. per year whether it goes up or down interesting it it will compound over time it yeah. will increase over time of course it also depends on the market if the market is going down or you know, then they will suffer but yeah i mean uh, it's the problem is that uh, if a fund house wants a certain fund to be pushed they will put pressure on the distributors to push it if they have a new fund offer they will tell the mutual fund distributors tell your clients to invest in this fund we need these targets we need sales i i get your point patu but as a That's counter argument and i know plenty of wonderful mutual fund distributors as well right if they are taking a percentage of your net worth isn't it in their interest to make you as much money as possible they are not and isn't that control, a win win for everyone they are not going to control the returns they hmm. are not the ones uh, actually sitting and managing the mutual fund and the markets are not such a tractable kind of entity where you can do it and, and i think that's a flawed argument that says that because i get a profit i get a chunk of your profit i will work in your interest but that is not something you can control i am hmm. saying you work in my interest by getting a flat fee from me right so um, of course we can talk about this forever and th there is always going to be people who disagree but technically it fits under the uh, basket of or umbrella of conflict of interest and therefore i would say avoid it sure of course there, the sebi regulations have been a failure in this regard in terms of clearly defining what 
a mutual fund distributor can can or can't do but that is something that uh, we we can't control we can only worry about our money so uh, therefore we worry about that if so, i can interrupt at this point but to before we proceed i do know for a fact uh, personally as well i do know mutual fund distributors who kind of gain trust of my friends and family members by actually breaking down the financial situation of these clients of theirs giving them a clear path and a goal and just being wonderful relationship managers and that sense of trust is something now they've built over years and it's going to be very tough to break that relationship or that process right have you encountered this and is there something that can help them think about this particular situation and perhaps make a course correction no i i am not recommending breaking it if you are absolutely comfortable about your relationship with the mutual fund distributor and if you actually believe that your finances are in a good place then there's no point breaking it but yeah. if you are going to start today to st- uh, begin a new relationship with somebody then i recommend that it be with a sebi registered investment advisor of course there are a lot of people who have shifted from regular plans to direct plans over time but that is an inevitable situation and uh, as my uh, co-author and friend uh, pv subramaniam says um he he gave a wonderful analogy so he stood in front of a group full of mutual fund distributors and uh, he was talking and he said how many of you attended this conference uh, you know buying plane tickets and some people how many of you got those plane tickets directly and not via an agent and most of them said online they got it online so okay. you are mutual fund distributors and you you didn't use a a, a distributor uh, yourself he said so it's inevitable it's inevitable that because technology is there it's so yeah. easy to buy products that distribution is going to become lower and lower and lower so that is inevitable so i'm just saying if you want to begin a new relationship do it with an ri very interesting and and yeah that debate is evergreen part two you know i i have it very often with my friends of a travel agent versus booking stuff on your own and there are people who are just set in their thoughts and it's all down to experiences uh comfort factor and having somebody do it for you right uh i've never once got a travel agent who got me a better price than it is online frankly i mean maybe i don't travel enough right but uh still the of course it really helps when you travel in groups and planning various itineraries etc etc but anyway we're digressing go ahead patu what was your next point about and uh, on that on that note we have ai coming up we yeah. already have robo advisory we have ai coming up and uh, one year from now i think the investment landscape is going to be very very different uh, uh, people are just going to talk to ai and get their financial planning done they're going to say i am 35 my expenses are 40k i want to retire by 50 create a financial plan for me amazing already chat sure chat gbd can yeah already chat gbd can do this but we can make it more contextual uh, in future so yeah so our primary goal should be to avoid conflict of interest and uh, so within the universe of sebi registered investment advisors you have two kinds of advisors uh, one is people who charge a flat fee two people there are two people one guy has a net worth of 1 crore the other guy has a net worth of 25 lakhs both of them 
pay the same fees okay uh, there are other advisors who who charge about 1% 2% maximum of 2.5% is allowed by sebi if i remember of net worth of the total net worth oh so then that, that's the same as mutual fund distributors right it is even more because yeah, i'm sure yeah because it's just mutual funds earlier exactly, yeah. because now it's a total aum it's called assets under advisement as it's called aua so uh, that is uh, I mean, that makes no sense to me financial rules uh, financial planning rules don't change because of uh, change the in amount of money you have yeah and that makes no sense and people say oh they are getting a piece of my net worth so they will offer me better advice that just doesn't cut it i mean it makes no sense it's th- the rules are the same you're going to pay give the same advice you're going to give the same service and you're just getting a higher fee just because the person is earning more and that makes no sense and some people many people also charge nris more i'm not okay. comfortable with that i mean just because they they are an nri you can't charge them more i find that mm. uh, very distasteful of course uh, uh, there are situations where the nri taxation comes in there are certain uh, expertise needed sure yeah but that can be a special product but not for the same product well that's uh, it's very debatable but it's the same like at the taj mahal there are two lines right for indians you pay much less and foreigners pay much more and i've always wondered about that it's mm. not the case when you go anyway these are topics that are evergreen yeah that's a, so uh, so i i would say first of all no commissions from any kind of product no aum based fees it has to be okay. a flat fee and there should be no dependency i should not depend on my advisor that is some advisors would say um i would invest as a proxy for you that is they would implement the investments we just have to okay it they will kind of process the investments so, so you're dependent are, on the, them then from that uh, point on i don't like that yeah and you are the aum model aum based fee model also increases dependency because if your aum grows if your net worth grows their fees also grows hmm. whereas if i get a flat fee advisor the f- i pay a flat fee of l- let's say i pay 50k many people would say oh that's too much no the next year it drops to half and and it remains the same as long as the relationship continues and many many people cut off the relationship because they say i am done i have learned enough i don't want you anymore mm. and the advisors are very happy i've done my job i have taught this guy financial planning that so there should be a relationship with no dependency we can we should be able to cut and run anytime fair enough and uh, so that's that's about uh, the factors that uh, you know that go into selecting an ria resebi registered investment uh to push you on that a little bit on when you're selecting it is there any other criteria thank you so much pattu and with that we come to an end on this episode of let's get rich with pattu where we've laid out the entire landscape of getting professional help if you want help in planning your future your financial independence and retirement this will continue next week when we delve deeper into the entire world of sebi registered rias Make sure you tune into that. For now, thank you so much and we'll see you next week on Let's Get Rich with Pattu. You just heard Let's Get Rich with Pattu, an Offspin original. 
Isn't it the coolest show you've heard in the Indian podcasting space? And even if it isn't, what's the point of getting rich alone, right? Share this show with those you care about and perhaps even with those you don't care about. But make sure you share this show with only those who you don't mind being richer than you. The music on this show was created by Pattu's biggest fan, Rajesh Ravi, and everyone on the Offspin team had some part or the other to play on the show. Let me name them quickly: Arshdi Nasrani, Krishank Das, Sandeep Banerjee, Arif Chagla, Anand Krishnan, Rajesh Ravi, and Heer Khan. Heer, by the way, is also to be blamed for giving Pattu his gangster look, which is how he looks on a daily basis. Um, and me, Sadhan, your host. Let's get rich is available on all audio platforms wherever you consume your podcasts. So spread the word, and we'll see you next week. You know we do this show only to help you guys, right? But if you're listening and you're that one person who has perhaps lost money and are holding it against Pattu or me for making you lose that money, then not only are you a mean person, but you also need to listen to this legal disclaimer. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any financial advice. Views expressed are not official positions of financial institutions or Pattu or mine for that matter. Although we strongly believe in them, listen to this disclaimer even more carefully. We recommend consulting a qualified professional before making decisions. We disclaim liability for inaccuracies or losses from using this information in our show. By listening you agree that the host, guests and producers are not only awesome people, but they are not responsible for your financial decisions or outcomes. This is Offspring.